When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. I am Cameron Tibbetabai. I'm joined by Alex Goldberg and Dr. Justin Gwynn. And we are wishing our American listeners and American listeners abroad a happy Thanksgiving. And in the second half of today's program, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving with two friends of the pod, Bobby Kravitsky from SI and Jack Simone from How About Them Celtics and Celtics Blog and all sorts of other outlets. Jack is a hardworking man. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving with our friends in the second half of this podcast, which you probably gathered from the thumbnail or the headline or whatever convinced you to download this episode. Between now and then, we're going to talk about the news. Celtics are on a roll. We saw Marcus Smart from afar, quite afar. Uh, We learned about a Jason Tatum nickname that I love, and some Eastern Conference hierarchies might be coming into focus. So we'll talk about those things first. We will celebrate Thanksgiving second. Until then, Alex, how are you? I'm good. Things are uh, a little chaotic, as you can see in my background. Uh, we just got a new bed frame that we're very excited about. Um, but yeah, no, excited. I'm going to be getting on a plane to Seattle around Wednesday to go see my uncle and cousins and all of the rest of my family. And uh, I talked to my other uncle, who is a loyal Celtics Lab listener the other day, uh, even though he's from Buffalo. So yeah, no. Otherwise, we're uh, we're hanging. Excited to see family. Doctor Quinn, how are you? And also, do they have um, Thanksgiving in Mexico? Uh, there are places gringos can go to get some very bad approximations of Thanksgiving food, but no, it's almost impossible to even find like just the basic stuffing recipe, box recipe in the the grocery stores here. So I will be making some mashed potatoes and eating the one place I can get a decent pumpkin pie, uh, on Thursday in commiseration of, uh, those of us who do not have access to the scrumptious vittles y'all are about to eat. Well, here's a tip if you're living abroad. When I lived in Australia, we went to uh, TGI Fridays to celebrate Thanksgiving. And if we showed our American passport, we got a free glass of wine. So wow. if you were listening abroad, TGI Fridays will open open their arms and give you a big Thanksgiving hug. Okay. Anyways, we'll do Thanksgiving later. For now, Wait, let's I have talk. a question. It's a very important right. question. Do they have Outback Steakhouse in Australia? You know, that's a funny question. I don't know. I recently learned about this like Wild West-themed uh, restaurant they have in Italy. Um, I don't think they do. Speaking of Australia, um, I think we talked about this last pod. Justin Tatum, Jason Tatum's dad became a head, a interim head coach of the Illawarra Hawks in the NBL. The NBL is sponsored by a company called Hungry Jacks, which is just Burger King. But when Burger King moved to Australia, <laughs> the, the trademark for Burger King was taken. So they used Hungry Jacks. So if you go to Australia, Burger King is Burger King, except everything is called Hungry Jacks. Um, so I don't know about Outback Steakhouse, but hopefully like a politician, I like diverted appropriately. I've always wondered. Thanks for diverting. Yeah, it's, it's what I do. Let's divert to the news. So the Celtics are rolling. Most recently, we watched them 
squeak past uh, a Grizzlies team that is down on its luck. I'll open with this. The commentary, whenever the Celtics, you know, pull out a gutsy win has been last year, they would have lost this game. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I find it comforting. Alex, I'll go to you first. Do you agree with the take? The Celtics would have lost a game like this one against the Grizzlies last season. And if they would have, is that comforting? It's a little hard to say with this game specifically, just because I feel like this game was utter chaos um, as typified by the ending specifically. Um, And it's one of those things where like, I think if you played this guy game over a thousand times, you would probably get uh, like a very different outcome 90% of the time that you played this game. Um, I think that, you know, Jason Tatum kind of for there's a lot of talk, you know, today as the Celtics go to face the Hornets on a back to back about this is the game that Jason Tatum was talking about last year about how he doesn't take these games off and he, you know, is trying to go all in all the time and he he doesn't like rest and all of that stuff and Jason Tatum kind of was taking last night off a little bit. He certainly wasn't going 100% full speed, Jason Tatum. Um, And it seemed like he kind of only really got going when uh, the game was hanging in the balance, which I guess it's good to know that the Celtics like have that gear where if a game is slipping away from them, they can turn it on and win it. But like, I find it really hard to generate meaningful takeaways from last night's game in a lot of ways, just because like that game was crazy. I mean, you had like, you know, a lot, like we had numerous Kenny Lofton minutes, like we had, you know, Desmond Bain catching fire and then going ice cold and then catching fire again. Like, I don't know. I just, that, that was a, that was a really weird, strange game where, for, for me, it's hard to draw a lot of conclusions out of either team's performance. Sometimes the NBA is just like this. I can't. Dr. Quinn, really, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as you guys know, uh, and the reason why I may look a little more tired than usual is because old man went to concert, uh, got to see the mm-hmm. cure here in Mexico City, did not see this game. But you kind of touched on this, Alex. And this is one thing that is different from last year. We saw Nimi Shketa take the floor we saw Lamar Stevens take the floor all last season I recall myself ranting and raving about Joe not trusting his bench and now he's trusting his bench and sometimes it is not great like uh Nemish did not do so hot as I understand it uh scored two points and did very little else besides miss a bunch of uh assignments on defense and you know you got to develop these guys if you want to keep the legs fresh and he's doing it I don't know because, as I said, I didn't watch, but that is one thing that is different and as painful as it sounds like this game was, it's, I think it's a good thing that we are seeing in games where it's appropriate that the bench is getting some run. Yeah, I appreciate that too. I mean, I think also this is beside the point, but I think there are some crap. I think the crappier teams are crappier this season because um, there aren't teams that are outright tanking yet, but there are some teams that seem really unhappy. Um, or so. banged up. Or banked up. So, um, yeah, the Celtics play with their food. They have under three different coaches. Maybe Jason and Jalen. It's an age thing. Maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe every NBA team does this, and we just happen to cover one of them. Um, But I I felt it was like a little too quick to say that last night's win told us something 
about this season vis-a-vis last season. So I don't know. The one thing, the one thing that last night's game, I think didn't, it wasn't just last night game, last night's game, but a continuation of a broader pattern over the course of the past week, which is that I think we are now at the point where Sam Hauser is a legit viable NBA rotation player. That is a guy who I think should regularly see 20 minutes a night at a minimum. Like, and I, and I think Joe Missoula knows that and is trusting him more and more, but the shooting, Sam is shooting an unbelievable percentage right now. And I expect that that will regress because that always, it always does. But Hauser is showing me that he is a capable defender He's a pretty solid rebounder. There's more to Sam Hauser's game than just the shooting. And the shooting, when it's on, is a real weapon. So I think the big conclusion that we can take away from what has kind of been, I, I think, a relatively lackluster string of wins where they got the job done, but none of them felt particularly like, oh, this team is rolling. The big takeaway is that Sam Hauser is, I think, for all uh, intents and purposes, the seventh man for this team going forward and uh i feel pretty confident about that sure i mean i kind of agree with the takeaway there's not that many takeaways i will say since uh, we last talked they beat the sixers that was since our last episode is that correct that felt well i was gonna say that felt like a really convincing win that was a strong win a gutsy win uh man al horford just like really eats and beats lunch win so it's early goings enough. Last episode, I bemoaned. I don't know if this data is real. I still don't think the data is that real, but there are new trend lines. I mean, Alex, your point, the Sam Hauser one seems pretty legit. Um, we can talk about, they, they played in Toronto, Drake called Peyton Pritchard a crypto scammer, which is funny. Uh, I, I hope it was off the cuff and not prepared that like Drake and the drive-in was like, ooh, I, I wonder if this line will play. It was cute. Um, Boston is 2-0 in the in-season tournament as a result. Okay, I want to pause the action here and tell you that you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. And you can take a look at things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus are issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Hope is here. Gambling help line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Okay, back to the action. And that could mean that they, you know, or I think they have the best odds to win the in-season tournament. Dr. Quinn, uh, do you care yet? <laughs> a little more, just because the players care and the play does seem to be more intense than it normally is this time of year as a result, which is nice. Uh, I don't know how excited I'm going to be for the actual, like, the higher rounds out after group play. One and done does have an appeal that the NBA does not, or hasn't for a very long time anyway. Uh, 
I care, but uh, I care more about the the quality of the product of the courts, which has been talked about ad nauseum. But I mean, Jesus, can we just get something right that doesn't, you know, risk people's health over spectacle? I think that's kind of important. But as I said, talk to death. We don't need to go any deeper. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to call it. I think the in season tournament, maybe ten years from now, we're like, great, the NBA Cup. That's great. That's fun. The courts were a bad idea. They were executed even worse um if it's costing players their health or their sense of security in the court like no 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 it's bad it, it looks miserable on television but more importantly it's not a safe or uh regulation basketball court always i want to talk about that raptors court as well specifically that's just a horrible looking court like what was the plan there black for the tar sands that's my guess uh, yeah yeah no, that's interesting <laughs> no just like no they i mean they yeah go ahead Cam. they all have like the celtics city edition uniforms are steeped in history but they're just they're they're ugly and again if you talk to non-nba fans or casual nba fans i can't imagine anyone who's listening to this podcast identifies as that if you're listening to this podcast guess what <laughs> you're in it um if you are a casual nba fan it is both alienating confusing and ugly it is not attractive. It's a, it, it, so like all the inside jokes and motifs and things like that, people, it's not like, oh, you just click on this article and then you know. It's like, these are fans who don't know where to click or learn these things. And they're not going to so, learn it overnight either. Like what's interesting to a casual fan is an interesting basketball game, which they already have achieved. Right. The big The big thing for me that feels like it the problem to me is that the nba tournament in some ways is almost designed to fail because if the team that wins the nba tournament does not win the nba title subsequently they are going to be clowned for an eternity on social media that's going to be the equivalent of the indianapolis colts holding up a afc south championship banner like that's it's not going to be thought of as like a cool interesting honorable thing it's going to be thought of as a, a booby prize it's going to be thought of as like a participation medal i don't know i i'm just concerned that like it's one thing if the team that wins the nba tournament also wins the nba title because then it's like all right they went on a really I, I actually years. disagree. I think but. there could be some intrigue if there is a team that is, you know, like a Houston Rockets, for example, if they were to win it somehow, something like really, you know, NCAA tournament kind of a thing happened. I think it might be kind of interesting because we all know the Houston Rockets are not winning the title. But yeah, yeah. like if it's if it's a better team, I completely agree. I mean, th there are certain matchups where it'll work, where like if the Rockets bump off the box or something like that, or there's real bragging rights but yeah alex to your point if if it's like the the lakers and the celtics neither of those teams you can't pay them enough money to hang that in their stadiums no. i don't think um but we will do our due diligence and talk about it for the next two weeks regardless or two and a half weeks whatever it is okay a few more bits of news before we welcome jack and bobby onto the program to talk about thanksgiving um i'm gonna talk about this rex rabbit thing because it's fun um, so in Philadelphia, a reporter who I, I don't, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I, I think he's a reporter from China said to Jason Tatum, Hey, you have this nickname in China. What do you think? And he said, cute rabbit. And Jason said, cute rabbit. I guess I'll take it. I am pretty handsome. Thank you. And then he got up and left, which was a really funny exchange. I've since looked into it. And I think that was a 
uh, misinterpretation. So I talked to a few friends who speak Chinese. I talked to a few students who are from China. I talked to my girlfriend, Emily, who uh, speaks Chinese almost fluently. And we all think, <laughs> I'm using the royal we here, I have no idea what's going on, that the translation is Rex Rabbit, that if you uh, write Tatum, Tatuum, or something like that, comes up in the keyboard, and then it auto-corrects it to Tattoo, which means rabbit, or specifically a Rex Rabbit, which is a cute breed of rabbit. And that's where the nickname comes up. And if you Google Jason Tatum Rex Rabbit, they use it in Chinese print, like as often as you see the king for LeBron. So it'll be like Rex Rabbit earned player of the month in the Eastern Conference or something. Like they'll just use it interchangeably. So I don't think it's cute rabbit. I think it's Rex Rabbit. Unfortunately, I don't think Rex Rabbit is going to stick as much as cute rabbit might have. But um, boy, oh boy, that was, I think, Thursday of last week or Wednesday of last week. I had a lot of fun with that. I, I just enjoyed it because it gave me an opportunity to talk about how screwed up of a quote unquote kids movie Watership Down is. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check out the Netflix version or the 1970s versions. They are both really inappropriate for children. Uh, classic Justin childhood viewing probably explains all this. Tremendous. Um, yeah, I also learned maybe Justin uh, someday <laughs> Celtics Lab After Dark could show us his rabbit a tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, Let's do this. We have, we'll take a few minutes on this. Just a few, Alex, I'm looking at you, <laughs> brevity. Um, there are some teams that are contenders and pretenders. Mm. We'll do, we'll definitely do that uh, for real. But looking at the East and beyond, Alex, what is the so-called contender that you, if you're the Celtics are most worried about right now and the one that you are privately laughing at the most? Keep it brief. Cause again, we got to milk this for a whole podcast episode sometime soon, I'm sure. So uh, the contender that I am most worried about right now is the ghostly specter of the Miami Heat haunting my dreams forever. <laughs> um, and I guess the thing is that a lot of people don't necessarily consider the Miami Heat a contender, but guys, I've got newsflash for you. They've won six of their last seven, uh, and Jimmy Butler isn't even playing all that well. So uh, I am always terrified of the Miami Heat. I will be terrified of the Miami Heat until Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster stop being on the Miami Heat. Um, that's that's where I'm at there. Um, and the one that I'm chortling at a little bit is the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, spicy. Because the Philadelphia 76ers are doing the thing again, guys. They're doing the thing where they're stacking up a bunch of regular season wins, uh, some against good teams and some against bad teams, and Embiid is looking great and... Uh, you know, all of their young players are popping and like Tobias Harris looks like Tobias Harris again. And we all know where this is going. Lucy is setting up the football and Charlie Brown is winding up for the big kick. Um, so I'll leave it at that. All right, Dr. Quinn, what about you? So for me, uh, as right as Alex is about everything he just said, I think that if this experiment as it currently stands, that is the Boston Celtics is going to last uh, in anything vaguely like its current form beyond the season, then an East team really can't be in their way. They need to get back to the finals after all the moves that they made and presuming they get there, which is as Alex pointed out rightly, not anything close to guaranteed, uh, the Denver Nuggets, of course, need to be considered. I think the Celtics do match up pretty well against them, and they're not as big of a, shall we say, boogeyman for Boston to defeat if they ever do get to that level. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think, need to be taken more seriously. And 
I don't think people were thinking of them as a contender, but they still have ammunition to make the team better, particularly if they move Cat. And I think that they can, even as they are currently constructed, reasonably have a chance to make it to the finals. And until I see otherwise, I'm nervous about how the Celtics match up against them as they're constructed. Not in terms of talent, in terms of matchup. Cool, I like that take. Um, I'll think outside the box. I'm interested to see what Cleveland could become, to your point, if we're wondering about trades. Cleveland is definitely, you know, on the clock to make sure that they make Donovan Mitchell consider a future in Cleveland. So I wonder what could happen there. They have some interesting moves. Also, Jared Allen really ate Nikola Jokic's lunch the other day, so that was interesting. Um, I was really high on the Warriors. I don't really know what happens next with the Warriors. I also think that they have the levers to pull to make a big trade, but they look sad. They did not look as good as I thought they were going to look. And the reason we ask this, among other things, is that on Wednesday, the Celtics will play the Bucks, and between now and Christmas, they'll get a look at Philly again, Cleveland twice, Golden State, Sacramento, the Clippers, and the Lakers, and then a few weeks after that, the Nuggets, uh, middle, late January. So whether or not they are contenders or pretenders, the Celtics will get a bite at them in the next few weeks. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll put a pin in it. And who knows, maybe uh, after that Nuggets game, we'll, we'll revisit this conversation. Or we'll forget. It's likely that we'll forget, if we're being honest. Okay, anything I missed from the news? Well then, through the magic of editing, in moments, you will be welcomed to uh, listen to our conversation with Jack Simone and Bobby Kravitsky about Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for and all of that. So, uh, Amit, Justin, do whatever you got to do to make it happen. I'll just do the um, Wayne's World Scooby-Doo thing until then. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, as promised, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And to do that, we welcome in Bobby Kravitsky from SI and Jack Simone from the How About Them Celtics podcast and Celtics blog and a bunch of other stuff. Bobby, Jack, what is up? Hey, Cam, how's it going? Hey guys, I missed you. Um, <laughs> we are so lucky to have you back on the pod. Each of you have blessed us with your presence several times. And let's do it. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. So this is predominantly for our American listeners. Canadian listeners, we didn't do a Canadian Thanksgiving day. I'm sure other countries have Thanksgiving too. But um, gather up the apple pie, put on the Macy's Day Parade. It's Thanksgiving. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'll MC, we'll go around the horn. But something Celtics you're thankful for. We are professionals. We are unbiased, but we have to cover the Celtics and it's more fun to cover a team winning than losing. So what are you thankful for in the Celtics orbit? Then we'll blow it up to the entire NBA. What are you thankful for there? And then if you got anything extra, we can get sappy. So everyone could get a tissue handy if you need to. <laughs> okay. Body. Let's do it. Happy Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for uh, vis-a-vis the Celtics? First off, happy Thanksgiving, Cam, Jack, Justin, everyone listening. And as far as from a Celtics standpoint, 
I would imagine that there's quite a few Celtics fans, as bittersweet as it is, that are grateful that Brad Stevens had the stones to go out and shake up the core of this roster, bringing in Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis. And yes, it is bittersweet because it came at the expense of Marcus Smart and Robert Williams primarily and most notably. But at the same time, this team now, I wouldn't say they have a higher ceiling. I would say they're more likely to reach it in that championship pursuit, that they're better constructed to accomplish their ultimate goal. And we're seeing it pay dividends just the other night against the Memphis Grizzlies. They win a game in the clutch where they didn't play well. They are 5-2 and two in crunch time already this season. I think there's a different level of mental resolve that we're seeing from this group. It's the best record in games within five points in the last five minutes this season, as young as the campaign is. So what we're seeing is a team that has addressed its most glaring weakness in the playoffs in recent seasons. We've talked about this on the show before, that they're just better suited to win tightly contested contests. And so, yes, so much of it is on the shoulders of Jason Tatum's growth and Jalen Brown needing to be better. And the fact that they're older, you would think helps that cause. At the same time, the roster and the supporting cast better complements and better suits their ability to win these games, especially with the playoffs in mind. All right. Thank you, Brad Stevens. Bobby, pulling out the stats. I didn't even think to bring up the stats. <laughs> Off the dome, Cam. <laughs> Jack, what are you thankful for? Uh, not thankful I have to follow that up, but ha- happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> everybody. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm going to stick with a a member of, I guess, it's not the front office, but the uh, coaching staff. I'm, I'm thankful for the growth of Joe Missoula this season. It, it's been cool. so refreshing to see not only, and I'll talk about it on the court too a little bit, but just the way he carries himself. You can just tell that he truly was not ready for the spotlight to be on him last year. It, it, I, I, I believe that there is an amazing coach there, but I, you heard him on the JJ Reddick podcast say, before I was the head coach, I would come in through the service elevator. So I wouldn't have to talk to anybody. I, I didn't like, I wasn't used to people knowing who I am. And so to go from that to immediately thrust into a spotlight where millions and millions and millions of fans, not only know his name, but blame him quite often for the Celtic struggles. Like that's gotta be an immensely stressful and, and, and not a fun situation for him to be in. So to see Joe Missoula last year, and the growth he's had this year, it's been so fun. It's nice to see him, you know, joking around a bit more, you know, sarcastic, sarcastic, regardless. But uh, and then on the court, like you can see him being more comfortable with his decision making. He's more confident. You know, I'll call a timeout here, but I don't need one here. I, I truly believe that I want to let them go for it. And, you know, he knows more of how to manage the game. Uh, and then even after the Celtics most recent win, as we're recording this over the Grizzlies, he goes, yeah, there's no reason Drew Hall or he didn't name drop Drew Holiday, but he's like, you can't do that at the end of the game. You have to make the layup or you have to take your free throws. And there wasn't much of that last year. Whenever you asked Joe Mazzullo, you know, what happened to a certain player? I just told him I love him. I just told him I yep. love him. Like that, that was his go to. There was no like player did this wrong. And while he didn't name Drew Holiday to hear him say, yeah, this was wrong. That can't happen. That is something that I feel like a lot of fans wanted to see from Joe Mazzullo. So I, I very much enjoyed his growth last season to the season, both on the court and just as a personality. It's been fun to see. Even the minutia, Jack, I mean, you've had a few funny exchanges with him already this season. His shtick is getting a little clearer. Um, I think yeah. he's he he's like a Bill Belichick, Popovich kind of character, but he's getting better at it. Before mm-hmm. it was hard to know for sure if he was joking. Now, first of all, as the reporter, but also as the audience, you could be a little more clear. So 
Um, yeah, I like that one too a lot. And also I know that you can speak to that one from experience. Alex, from a Celtics purview, what are you thankful for? You know what, guys? I am thankful for the man who springs eternal. Al Horford, guys, has <laughs> been just exactly what the Celtics need for him off the bench, in the starting lineup, night in, night out. This guy does all of the little things to make this team work. The Celtics, big, one of the big stories of this most recent win streak, particularly the last three games, is that the Celtics bench is cooking. They are really starting to gel and find their groove. Guys are hitting their shots. Guys are getting to where they need to be, and they're playing defense. Folks, the man behind all of this is Al Horford, and I am talking literally behind as he is captaining the defense and controlling the rim like he always has. He's looking spry. He's hitting shots. He's getting rebounds. And, you know, I think it's fair to say, and it's fair to point out that, Al can't be that guy every single night anymore. He is not yeah. the guy that is going to go out and give you that monster performance on a night-to-night -night basis. But the beauty of how Al Horford's game has aged is that even on the nights where the shot isn't falling, even on the nights where Al Horford isn't necessarily heavily involved in the offense, he still gives you great effort defensively. He still sets monster screens that are maybe sometimes illegal, but don't get called. Um, he still gives you all of the effort and all of the intelligence and all of the poise that you need from a veteran bench captain. And I think we just have to be so thankful that Jason Tatum's favorite teammate for the past four years is flexible and willing to come off the bench, even though he's been a starter for his whole career, and just give a great effort every night. So Al Horford, hat tip to you, buddy. Fantastic. Dr. Glenn. I'm going to go a little bit more meta on us and say that I'm really thankful for an ownership group that isn't afraid to spend some money on a title contender because there's a lot of them in this league, whether it's by you know the nature of their market or the nature of their outlook on business. As well as a front office, though, not perfect. They do make mistakes. They don't make egregious mistakes. And most of their decision-making is very, very sound. And as we are seeing, very effective. Love that. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to go off, off script a little. Um, and I'm going to say I have an environmental policy degree, so the consumer uh, pollution here I don't love. But I'm thankful to the Jordan brand for creating the JT1 and specifically creating a new colorway seemingly every hour of the day. I just, I really like that shoe. I haven't worn it yet, but I'm very curious about it. And every time they cook up a new colorway, it's better than the last. I'm so impressed by these shoes. And um, I, I don't know, it's quite amusing. It's like an uh, unboxing video. It's like, oh, it's, what's he gonna put on this time? Very um, comfy too. They're, I don't, they're yeah, yeah, they're oh, light. Them. It's, it's a good yeah, shoe to play in. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, um, a little toe forward but i run on my toes anyway so um i don't know if i would have said this if those raptors those kia nurse raptor colorways hadn't dropped the other day but um having seen those i don't. i'm thankful i'm thankful to the jordan brand how's that <laughs> those are one of my favorites so far those were dope the little snaggle tooth okay yep so uh we like that this we talk about the celtics here but we also like the nba writ large some hosts get paid to cover other teams check so Let's blow it up. What's something in the NBA that you are thankful for? And if you say the in-season tournament, Justin's just going to drop you from the call. Okay, Bobby, 
What is something? Also, my Wi-Fi is having a hissy fit, so apologies if that's been a problem. Bobby, what is something in the NBA that you're thankful for? So I have two, but I'll be quick. The first one is more of the corny, cheesy variety, and that is I think the league is deeper in terms of quality talent than at any point in its history, and that's why that it, it, the pool of talent can support expansion which means seattle can get a team back mm -hmm. and it's not the what's driving the business model and motivations behind it but it does mean that the league will be in good standing even as it adds two more franchises in the near future so i'm thrilled for that both in the present what we're able to watch where the quality of teams rotations are better than ever before and then secondly of a different variety i'm going to skip thanksgiving and use a christmas <laughs> theme here where I'm I'm glad to see, quite frankly, that James Harden has got a lump of coal in his Clipper stocking <laughs> to start his tenure in L.A. He's a hard person to root for, quite frankly. And I'm not saying this is a final verdict on what him or that team will achieve this season. But right now, it's been a rocky start, to say the least. And there's definitely some shot in Freud going on there. Wow, Bobby is so vengeful at his Thanksgiving. Um, you said I gotta say, as a resident of Mexico City, I'm really into the whole expansion. I mean, we could even say four teams in the near term future. Yeah, Mexico City's definitely in the running. I think that it's going to be Seattle and Vegas to start. But like you said, if there's four, and there very well could be at some point, Mexico City firmly in the running. I wonder what the limit is. Do you think there'll be like 60 NBA teams in 100 years? I heard a good idea that they could get her up to around 50 and then they could actually have relegation. They could have like, you get kicked down to the sub league. Pretty interesting. Fascinating. I mean, the talent. I look forward to seeing the Sioux Falls sky win the 2052 national champion NBA championship. I think, yeah. You're going to have to like beat out the team from the moon or something. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, don't laugh at that stupid joke. Okay. Jack. I got you, Cam. <laughs> Jack, what is something you're thankful for? Yes. Uh, just because I cover other teams, I'll rapid fire one for each of those. Grateful for Tyrese Halliburton, grateful for Victor Wembanyama, grateful the Bulls are hopefully blowing up their roster soon. But what I really wanted to talk about was uh, the Kings. So whenever I watch games, I'm obviously Celtics first, so I put them on, and you know I have like other boxes over here next to me watching some games, but. By the time the Celtics are over, it's usually a West Coast game, and it just happens to be the Kings a lot this year. They're fun. They're still so fun. And just because they were the team last year that everyone was like so, you know, fascinated with because they weren't good, like they're still the, that team. They're still yeah. super fun to watch. Keegan Murray's taking a step. He's awesome. Darren Fox is still one of the best scorers in the league. He's awesome. Demontis Sabonis, for all those flaws, is one of the best screen setters and rebounders in the league. Keon, Keon Ellis is playing real minutes. They have a bunch of guys that might most people don't know about. Like they're just a very fun team to watch, fill it up. Uh, and, and I like watching how they play defense too. Like I was watching their game against the Warriors a little while ago and Chris Duarte came in and, and you know, tried to attack Stephen Curry. Then they threw Keegan Murray on him. And the, the, like Mike Brown is just so willing to try so many different things on both ends that I don't think the Kings get enough love for being what eight and four now as a team that a lot of people I feel like thought would take this massive leak back because of the whole, Oh, they were never hurt last year. They're going to get hurt this year. Like the Kings are still fun. I'm grateful that they are a West Coast team so I can watch them uh, when I'm doing my work after Celtics games. So I I'm I'm very happy the Kings are still good. Great. Dr. Quinn, I'll go to you. What's something you're thankful for in the NBA? I am thankful for the league's continued commitment post-pandemic to hosting international games for very obvious reasons here in Mexico City, but also around the world. I know 
A friend of the pod, Josh Coyne, is a big fan of the Paris game that is coming back again uh, this season. And I think that if we are going to see expansion to places like Mexico City and beyond into the NBA orbit, uh, that they are absolutely critical uh, to maintaining the health of the league, particularly in a world where we might see uh, Saudi Arabian capital try to start their own league, perhaps in the near-term future, that could become an existential threat to the NBA if not handled correctly. So I think the the continued commitment to the international game is not just something that we think I think we should be thankful for. I think it's very important for the future of the league. Yeah, the Saudi money or Qatar money. I mean, the big three brought to you by Qatar could be a force to be reckoned with. Um, the YouTube crowd, Alex, just like your facial expression while Bell changed your background was great. Um, Alex, what is something in the NBA that you are thankful for? Oh, your mute button. <laughs> I am so thankful, guys, for the fact that we get to live in the era where we can see Kevin Durant's social media posts. <laughs> um, that is one of my favorite NBA storylines, and it has been for about 10 years now. I firmly believe that Kevin Durant is the best athlete poster of all time. I don't think it's up for debate. Um, I am so interested in just his random 3 a.m. thoughts, typos and all. Um, and I think I, I personally just really enjoy Kevin Durant, both as a basketball player as and as a personality. I find him to be deeply weird and incredibly hilarious. Um, I think he he does the like kind of like regular guy who happens to be seven foot two and generationally gifted at basketball shtick better than anybody. And I think that really comes out on his Twitter. So I'm I'm really thankful for that, for Kevin Durant's Twitter. Yeah, Dr. Quinn, let me know when Kevin Durant gets Blue Sky and then maybe I'll, I'll head over to Blue Sky. Um, I'm going to do two, if only because we have extra time to burn. Um, the first is obvious. I am thankful for Anthony Edwards. That dude is a stud. First of all, he can hoop. Um, we talked about the Timberwolves in the first part of the program. He's got the bona fides. I mean, he's 22, but he like, that's a real star. That could be, you know, the kind of star player that goes to a conference finals and suddenly the paradigm in the West changes. But second of all, he's so charismatic. Um, I, I'm like, I really think outside of like LeBron and Shaq, I can't think of a star with just like an obviously winning personality that has such a handle on their celebrity so far. I mean, Anthony Edwards, you're 22. Do, do what you got to do. Have a meltdown when you're 23 and issue an apology and come back when you're 24. I mean, he's still young, but he's just, he's so fun to root for. And like the NBA is so personality driven. Um, more akin to basketball that I am thankful for. There is a rookie out West who is tall and lean. And I think he's going to change. Chad Holmgren. Things. Chad Holmgren. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> um, that dude can play. He, I mean, look, Victor's very good as well. And I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think five or 10 years from now, we're going to look back at the early rookie matchups between those two as, I mean, maybe TNT won't, but we're going to look back and say like, those are important matchups. Um, but yeah, this guy, Chet, not only is he as good as advertised, the Thunder is ad good, as good as advertised in large part because of what he's doing. Um, the Thunder went from plucky and fun and shake just Alexander you know, a star, but like obvious cap on what they could do to like 
why can't they also go to the conference finals? Like, why couldn't it be uh, the Wolves, the Thunder, and the Nuggets all vying for a spot in the conference finals? So I'm thankful Chet Holmgren is a a weirdo. He's a weird dude. Um, (laughs) And he's plays a weird brand of basketball, but I'm really thankful that he's as good as he is because that makes the Thunder as good as they are. And that is just so fun. Um, Alex, apologies. He's the Enderman. He doesn't need a nickname. Um, So as much as he was stretched, what were were you going for? Stretch from the Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the Enderman from Minecraft. So sorry. By the way, Cam, I thought you were going for Wembenyama. I didn't mean to actually step on your answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I'm thankful for Wemby too. I mean, every highlight that he offers is just freaking insane but the spurs stink um i kind of i'm like anti-thankful for how obviously they're tanking this season so uh i'm sticking with chat on that one okay we have a little bit of time to be as sincere as people would like to be so this is a participate if you'd like but um i'm going to offer something that i'm thankful for i am talking hoops with four of my good friends who i love to talk hoops with this is a thrill I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's not fun to podcast because the content isn't very good or you don't know the guest or whatever. These are four of my favorite people on the court court and off the court. Um, and there's no better feeling than that. And also, this is like, now I'm going to be a jerk. You guys have had this experience where you're like, my colleagues at work, some of whom listen to this podcast, um, they, they'll be like, oh, the Celtics. And it's the same conversation. I love talking hoops with you guys because you get really nitty gritty about weird things that other people like Keegan Murray and like things you wouldn't talk to with the general public. So I'm thankful for that. Anyways, that is an example of where you could go with this, but no one is under any obligation to get sincere and cut some onions. But does anyone have something they're thankful for? Dr. Glenn. I do. So I grew up pretty poor in Connecticut when I was a kid, many Christmases, many Thanksgivings were they happened because other people took the time to do good things for other people. I am not going to sit here and tell you that I am thankful for charity because that can be taken a lot of different ways that I don't think are always good. But what I am thankful for is mutual aid. When you have a need in life, don't be afraid to ask for help. There are people who want to help and there are people who will connect you with those people. And when you are in a position to do so, help other people. That makes me thankful. Cool. And knowing Justin, that was super honest and real. That was not for applause or to be heard. That was real. Um, also, you could be like, I'm thankful for my cat. Like, you don't have to follow that up um, with something so magnanimous. But Dr. Quinn, I, I felt that. I know that was real. Um, anyone else want to? If not, I'll talk about Ricky Bobby for four or five minutes, Alex. Uh, I, I am thankful for my cat, who is just off screen, among other things. Um, but uh, I think to well, let's let's cue the cotton onions and being sincere and all that shit and whatever um so i am very thankful for the lady who just dragged the huge mattress out from behind me uh for our video crew uh she's lovely and that's that's my lovely bell and uh she is currently building um a bed frame which is very cool and i appreciate that while her boyfriend podcasts with the fellows and talks about basketball her favorite thing in the world um <laughs> Uh, and I am also thank- thankful for um, the fact that I am really lucky to be surrounded by a great group of friends, both physically and uh, in the digital space with y'all. 
uh, and some of whom I get to play music with, including the music that was at the top of the show. You see uh, the piano and the guitars and the reflection. That's uh, a huge part of what I do. And this year has been all about trying to do that even more and more uh, while still making time, of course, to watch my C's and talk about it with you guys. So I am really thankful for all of the things, people, cats, that I just mentioned. Love it. Especially cats. Especially cats. Jack and Bobby, again, I did not tell you this. I'll go. Okay. I'll, no, I'll back it up. I'll back it up. Uh, I'll, I'll follow the same line. I don't know if I can follow those up. But when I was in college, I think I've told – I'm definitely Cam and Bobby, Justin and Alex, too. Uh, I was a nursing major, and then I was going to be, like, a history teacher like him. And so I just genuinely had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And so the fact that I was able to not only figure that out but then meet people like you and just makes it feel like – I'm finally doing something that I can be happy with. And that's, it's a great feeling. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, and then just to, might, might as well, you know, add something funny in cause that's usually how I handle myself. Uh, Cam, you were mentioning the whole, like grateful to talk about basketball with people who can get into the nerdy stuff. I went out to, uh, I went out in Boston this past weekend and unbeknownst to me, my friend from high school brought me to a place where a bunch of other people from my high school were. And I wasn't the most social kid in high school. And I also did show choir, which is like effectively glee club in high school. And so me covering the Celtics now was like the most 180 any of them could possibly imagine. So we played a game where it was drink whenever somebody asked Jack about the Celtics. And so I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> that we are able to play those fun games now. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, that, that, that was my spiel. Love that. Hell yeah. Well-deserved. And you know that. Bobby, you got anything? Yeah, it's what we're all touching on right here, that I'm grateful for this sense of community that we all reference. And even if you narrow it down to just the colleagues, being able to do shows like this and to hang out outside of work and to be able to interact during games and our pregame banter, our postgame convos, all these different things. I think we're one lucky that we're able to do this, whether it's to make you know whatever level of income it is. And then secondly, it's so much more enjoyable of a ride and an experience because of the, you know, these relationships and these friendships that we've genuinely been able to build. And, you know, whether it's virtual and in the digital space, as Alex referenced earlier with you guys, although Dr. Quinn, I would definitely love to come visit you and have a cerveza or two in Mexico <laughs> City. Come on down. Amen. Especially if the Celtics ever come out and play. And then, you know, like Cam, Jack, we've all gone out and hung out. Jack and I just went to Philly to cover the Celtics game there. So, yeah, I mean, we're just – it's such a better experience because we don't have to be in these silos doing it alone, and we genuinely enjoy our colleagues and the company that we're able to keep. I love my students. I love my job. It's so rewarding. But to go from high school, which is like teenager prison, to cover a Celtics game where everyone is so pumped to be there. Yeah, Bobby, you feel it so much. Um Okay, I'll close with this. I got three things. First, Bobby Kravitsky from SI. Thank you. Jackson Mullen from the How About Them Celtics podcast, who is going to go record an episode in like two minutes. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give you a tip and then one more thing I'm thankful for. A tip. If you have to give grace at your Thanksgiving and you want to sound smart, you can reference Ubuntu. I am because we are. The 2008 uh, uh, catchphrase for the Celtics. Um, you'd be like, well, I'm going to quote some Swahili here. It will sound really smart. And really, you'll just be paying homage to the big three Celtics. So um, I've played I played that card actually twice in my life, once including a toast at my sister's wedding. Um, it went over pretty well. So you all can have that. Second. For those for those who don't know, it means I am because we are. I, I thought mm. I said that. 
Cam just said that. Oh, I'm deaf. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's okay. It's a good sentiment. Say it again. Okay. Um, the last thing that I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLMS. Not a network. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting like 45 minutes for that. Um, but Bob, to your point, it's fun to do this. It's it's really flattering and quite frankly, unbelievable that we would ever get paid to do this. So uh, sincerely, thank you, Vanduil and all the other people who make this happen. Jack, what's the name of the popcorn company? In Popnito. Oh, I don't know where the bag is. It's delicious like... though. Yeah, new Bobby sponsor. Tried it. It's great. <laughs> Not a sponsor of this podcast, a sponsor of Jack's podcast. In Popnito, they make some good popcorn. It's great. Um, so I'm thankful to them too. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Like and subscribe if you haven't. Uh, check out Bobby's work. Check out Jack's work. Check out everyone else's work. Have a wonderful, safe, restful holiday. And also, holidays are hard. And if it's hard for you, there's no expectation that it's easy. How's that? Okay. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Adios.